Hello and welcome to Tech Crack, the podcast series brought to you by Sync NI. We are Northern Ireland's leading technology and business media company, and this podcast series will see us interview some of the best, brightest, and most influential thought leaders from across NI's business and tech sectors. Find out more on SyncNI.com or follow us across our social media channels. And enjoy. Last week, I spoke to Whitespace's Eilish McCall on the importance of true, flexible working in order to help increase the number of women into the workplace. This week, we are following up on that theme as I talk to PwC's Lynn Rainey. Lynn is the Head of Place and Purpose for the professional services firm, and we discuss the company's recent Women in Work 2021 report. If you listened to our last episode of Tech Crack, you'll know that it revealed over £2.3 billion could be added to Northern Ireland's economy just by increasing the number of women in work here. So let's dive right in to tackle the issues of increasing that number. The report that I saw by PwC about the women in work, um, it's really interesting. Like it's something that I'm sure us both being women, Lynn, it's, it's something that's close to my heart. I'm sure it's something that's close to your heart as well. No, absolutely. And it's funny because I think sometimes I've been a bit reluctant to sort of say that there's a a women's agenda around this but I think increasingly whenever I look at some of the data that's coming out there are very valid reasons why these types of reports are really important and actually should be getting the coverage that's required. In terms of um, the women in work report uh, or sorry index it, it placed Northern Ireland third in the UK that is both um, obviously that's that's really good but at the same time you know there's obviously areas for improvement there could you just talk us through a little bit about how the Women in Work Index is ranked? Yeah, I think whenever we all read it, we were we were really pleased at what we were seeing. Um, and it's not all positive. There's, there are absolutely some areas that do require some attention. But I think for us, whenever you see the proportion of women um, in work and you see what the gender pay gap looks like in Northern Ireland, there's a lot to be very proud of because we have one of the lowest gender pay gaps of all UK regions but what it does underline is that if we could get more women into work and economically active it could have a really massive impact on the Northern Ireland economy and boosting it by upwards of 2.3 billion pounds which is huge and it's not that it's something that is insurmountable I think it's something that we can achieve Um, but what it does require is for us to have the same level of women being economically active in Northern Ireland as there as there is in the highest performing region in the UK which is in the southwest so i think you know we've we we're in a good place but there is more that we could do so it's actually very exciting why do you think because northern ireland is held back by having the lowest female labor force participation um you know i believe in the report it was at 70 percent why do you think that is and what can we as in employers and the economy do to combat that um, I think it has to be a combination of people to get around this one. It has to be business. Uh, we have to be we have to be at the forefront of providing opportunities for women that allow them to come back into the workplace. We need to be offering more flexible rules. Um, I think we need to be more supportive of people who do want to work part time and work from home. And I think in many ways, what has happened over the last year with COVID has has in many ways proven a point that you can still actually be a very successful business and you don't have to have everybody sitting in the office 24 seven to prove it. Um, But I also think there are women who who leave work at particular points in their career and there is more that can be done to encourage them back into the the workplace. 
there are lots of opportunities for women to reskill and upskill. And I think we need to be better at, at connecting people in, in that way. I also think there are a lot of women who would love to be given the opportunity to work in the workplace, but are actually scared about taking that first step. So, well, absolutely, employers have a responsibility to provide roles that that meet the needs of women and offer that level of flexibility. Policymakers and government also need to be involved in this because they need to be they need to be able to provide opportunities that actually allow women to take that step. And I'm conscious of a lot of the work that we actually do with our charity partners here at PwC, mm -hmm. some of whom actually are, are working in some of the most underprivileged parts of Belfast and where, where economic opportunities are a whole lot less. Um, and they would talk to me about how women would love to do this, but in order to do that, actually, they would have to walk away from the benefits that they have and, and things like potentially losing their housing allowance as a consequence of taking that opportunity to reskill and upskill. That's a massive risk for some of these women. And I think there is there is definitely work that needs to be done to just try to create um, a more even playing field and to encourage and to help and to support women as they take that step. Do you think as well, and it's just sort of because you touched on it there with the last year and the pandemic and lockdown and companies realizing that you don't constantly need people in, you know, nine to five, 100% of the workforce in the office at all times, which in many ways is a plus and, and it can be a plus for women, especially those who have caretaking responsibilities. The other side of that is, you know, I was reading statistics that a lot of women, um, you know, particularly mums and, and new mums, are spending a lot longer on childcare because they are at home all the time and because obviously in lockdown they can't get external childcare in to help out. What do you think the impact, the long-term impacts of the pandemic are going to have in terms of women within the workforce? You know, do you think that the majority of impacts will be positive or do you know what do you sort of predict for the future even when we come out of lockdown? I think that's a really difficult one to predict and to call and I think one of the reasons why I would be hesitant to provide an opinion is because I think what the pandemic has also shown is that actually women in many ways are probably among the most vulnerable in terms of paid employment so when I look at what's happened in COVID yes there are women who have been able to work from home and probably have carried the burden of caring responsibilities which they probably carried beforehand, but it's come into even sharper focus whenever you're in a period of COVID um, and a global pandemic. But I think it's also shown that a lot of women are actually in jobs where when a pandemic hits, they're actually least likely to be in the place of work. They're much more likely to have been furloughed. Um, and as a consequence of that, have actually taken on that caring responsibility as well, because they're the ones who have been have been left at home. I think what it does provide is an opportunity for those women to kind of think, well, actually, is this where I want to be? Is this how I want my life to be going forward? Um, and, and I suspect it may be an impetus for some to go, actually, I do want to change the, the, the world of work that I currently inhabit, and I want to try to do something different. And I think the onus is on us to provide those opportunities to help those women um, just retrain, reskill, try out new things. Um, the opportunities are there. There's lots and lots of government-backed schemes that do help people retrain and reskill, but I actually think we need to do a little bit more around um, making it just that bit more accessible. Yeah, sort of you're touching on it there as well. And the one of the things I found really interesting was that um, in PwC did a 2016 women returners report and it found that 60% of professional women are more likely to return to lower skilled and lower paid jobs after they have career breaks, um, you know, whether that be because they've started a family or whatever. Um, I know you are sort of talking about that. It's it's the fear of, you know, um, taking those risks 
is why do you think that is because you know I was reading a report once that women are so much less likely to even if we even if we had a specific degree in say computing you know we're much more or less likely to go for a job that we're actually qualified in whereas men you know might not have the same qualifications or certifications and they're so much more likely to apply for it why why do you think that is you know why do you think that women do feel so vulnerable when it comes to taking those career risks there's a lot of reports published in this space and i have read a number of them very similar to the ones that you've just cited and I, <laughs> I don't know that the, the men are from Mars, women are from Venus, um, age-old argument. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I see it and, I, and I've seen it. And to be fair, on a personal level, I've probably done the same thing where I have not applied for a job unless I felt I could tick every single box and feel that I could go into that interview and confidently and competently portray myself as the person who could do that role. Um, and I do think women and men approach things in a slightly different way. I think where the game changer in most instances actually is having someone either as a mentor or a coach or a guide who can actually help people reset their thinking around actually what the art of the possible looks like um, and I do think is it sometimes a confidence issue potentially but even in the workplace where I have seen it work really well is where people get around an individual and support them give them the opportunities to shine and often that is what will actually unlock that piece around a woman who might stand back and go, I'm not sure that I can do that job into the woman who goes, actually, I've just proven to myself that I can, therefore I am more than happy to take it on as a role. I just think the interventions need to be slightly different. Um, and that that's my that and that's largely based on my own experience, not necessarily published data, but that that's my sense of it. Yeah, but you obviously Lynn, your own perspective is is very valuable and very important, I think, because you're head of place and purpose within PwC Northern Ireland. Uh, that is a very cool job title, first of all. <laughs> um, what does your role entail exactly? And, you know, you obviously find yourself being a woman in a professional services firm with a senior role now. Do you think it was hard for you to get there to begin with just because of everything, you know, you're talking about? Yeah, I think from a personal perspective, it is a very personal journey for me because when I joined the firm 20 years ago, never in my wildest dreams did I think that I would be a partner in the firm. It certainly wasn't anything that I had an ambition around I think what I have found as I've come through the firm is that opportunities come your way often for a very good reason which is why I made the point that I did um, a, a few minutes ago and um, people have put opportunities in my way and um, to help me prove to myself that I could do it and, and in many ways in spite of myself not because of myself I find myself doing the job that I do and um, I actually spent time at lunchtime on a call with one of our executive board members and and the way you describe my role is actually how I described it to him I think I have the best job in the leadership team here in Belfast because head of place and purpose is amazing it allows me to cover so many different areas of the business that are actually important to me but it's as much about how we make PwC feel as an organization to the people who work in it as it is about actually how we present ourselves externally within the market and and the two things to me very much go go hand in hand so it means that I do have a, a view on what we do in our recruitment space of year and what we do in well-being and um, a view on what we do around things like gender diversity inclusion and also the work that we do with our charity partners as well as all of the the relationships that we have with the business and um, with the businesses in Northern Ireland so to me it's that it's that melting pot where all of those things converge um, and also where we have a chance to to 
to get people around the issues that really matter and, and try to make a difference. So for me, for me, I do feel like I probably have the best job in PwC and I'm very happy that that, that job has, has and that role has come my way. Are there any opportunities then, Lynn, that you know you'd like to just discuss in terms of you know helping women reskill and retrain and and getting women back into the workplace within PwC itself? Because um, I know like not just Northern Ireland, but the UK in general lags behind quite a lot of other countries in terms of the amount of female employees in full time. And I think in that report as well by PwC, uh, it suggested that it could still take around 32 years for the UK to reach the, the current sort of European average. Um, you know, what what are you and PwC um, doing in that space to combat that? I think it has to start within businesses. So, yes. We are only one employer locally, but I actually think there's lots of other employers, you know, that and they do take this stuff very, very seriously. I mean, as a firm, things like the gender pay gap reporting we were doing a year before, we were actually required to do it because we felt it was important. The same around diversity and inclusion. And um, for all of those reasons, you know, we, we understand that where our workforce is diverse, we actually get the best result for our people, but we also get the best result for the clients that we service. So it is hugely, hugely important as an employer. Many of the rules that we would have had in the past would have been graduate rules. Um, and we always employed 50 50, um, not, not deliberately. It was just the way that it fell out. We had as many men as we had women joining our business. We we have sought to, I suppose, expand how we bring people into our business. Higher apprenticeship programs are massively important. So we have a huge number of people who join our businesses as, as school leavers, and they have really, I think, brought so much to our business. They come at things in a completely different way. They are getting their professional qualifications while they're working on the job. They are fresh. They say what they think. And um, it has been probably one of the best experiences of my life over the last five years, working with a lot of our school leavers as they come into the business because they just bring, they're like a breath of fresh air around the place. Um, and I think it has been a real leveler as well. And I even look across the last year in terms of what COVID has meant for us. We have very much work in Northern Ireland, but we also work for um, UK clients and clients further afield and overseas. And I think even the way that we've been working over the last year has been a real leveler. And um, it doesn't matter where you are, if you are capable and you can do a good job, you will get the opportunity to do amazing things. Um, so I think actually, when I look at the world that we're about to launch into, I think it is, it is a time when normal rules don't apply anymore. And that actually makes it really exciting. Yeah, definitely. Is there any sort of parting words of advice that you'd like to um, give, Linda, you know, to any women thinking of returning to work or, you know, maybe those women that are like, oh, I'll just take that lower paid job because I've been out of the, the career game for a while now. Are there any um, pieces of advice you'd like to give to maybe anyone listening like that? I would say really think about what it is you're going to do next. Take a, take a step back and assess the skills that you have just because you might not have been in the workplace for a few years does not mean that the contribution that you can make is less. It is at the same level as it was when you were last in the workforce. So don't take, don't take that step back. Don't, don't self-select yourself in that way. You know, be confident. You got to where you were in the past because of how, how you work, what you have done. Um, and I think sometimes women will make choices as well around, well, I think if I did that rule, I could balance childcare, I could balance all of the other things that are in my life. Um, and people have to make choices that are very, very personal to them. And I'm aware of that. So I'm not going to tell people to make a choice that actually doesn't sit and fit particularly well with them as an individual. 
what I would say is just don't don't limit your own opportunity. Don't self-deselect because I think there's a tendency to do that far too quickly. Things will work out and you will be able to balance more things than you potentially realize. Equally, if working two, three days a week is really important to you, don't don't compromise on that. There's a reason why you've got to that point um, and, that, and that's how it is you want to work. Look for an employer who is actually willing to work with you on that basis. And don't feel that you have to always do what someone else is expecting of you. If that is what is important to you, find that role and be persistent in that and be tenacious in it because those roles are there. And you just need to find an employer who's a good fit for you um, in that regard. Definitely. I think as well, that last point you touched on, I the last podcast I did with, it was with Elish McCall, who used to work in yeah. yeah and we were talking this is sort of like a wee series I'm sort of doing now about it and you know she was saying that she just had a newborn baby and she wanted to go back into a senior tech role but for three days a week and she said she just couldn't believe how hard it was to find that in in Northern Ireland you know there's a lot more opportunities across the water but obviously because we're quite a small region but it's about that yeah don't don't necessarily compromise if you know that you are qualified enough for a senior role but there are no companies giving you the opportunity to do that for three days a week. You know, don't just don't just take the four or five days a week, because if you create that sort of demand, then the companies will eventually follow. And then more firms here will will follow suit and realize that that is the way to go. And, um, you know, you need to have more women in the workforce as well, because it just makes good, not even from an ethical point of view, but it just makes good business sense because, you know, women bring different perspectives to the business. <laughs> they do. And I mean, I have worked for years with people who work on a part-time basis. There's a colleague that I work with and we joke, I think she's on the ninth or 10th iteration of her part-time or flexible working contract. As a business, we've moved away from that massively. We've just launched a new deal for our people, which is around hard flexibility because the last year has proven that actually you don't need to be in a particular place doing a particular thing people can work in different hours to actually suit clients who who aren't always in the same time zone as you um, and, and and when you have faith and trust in the people who work for you they will continue to deliver and to do a really really good job so we are at a point now where you know as we look at our new building and as we as we start to, to get back into the, into the office space it's a bit around well you don't have to be in the office five days a week you might only be here two or three days a week the times that you start the times that you finish that's within your control to an extent and um, because we know that people have worked in very very flexible ways over the last year and it has worked really really well um, and I do think that this new world that we're coming into that level of flexibility will still be there because it's a proven model it's not it's not something that is broken it actually can work terribly terribly well it just means that people people need to be more open to it and I, th and I think that if we have learned anything from the last year it is that we can work in different ways and we can work flexibly and we can have people who only work a few days a week. Um, but it doesn't mean that the contribution is any less of anything. We actually sometimes feel that it is even more because actually they value the fact that they've been given that flexibility and, and that's as it should be. We need to work as employers to make that work for everybody. A hundred percent. I definitely agree. I'm not going to be best here. <laughs> um, is there anything you'd like to add, Lynn? Uh, I'm not sure there's anything else I'd like to add. I just think, you know, the times that we're living in have been very challenging for very many people. And I think it has made everybody stop and think about what is it I want out of work? What is it I want out of life? Now is the time when people have the opportunity to really reframe that conversation for themselves. And, and the choices that people make are very personal. From a, you know, my own personal 
perspective on this is I would love to see more women in the workplace holding senior roles. Um, and I think a lot of businesses see the benefit of that. Um, and it's not just because it's women for the sake of it being women in senior positions. I think that that diversity of thought is absolutely required. Um, and I think where you start to see that balance redressing, you see businesses morphing culturally, they are different. What they focus on is different. Um, what they deliver is different. And, and it is all to the benefit of, of the environment that we live in. It's all to the benefit of the industries that we work in and support. Um, and, and it's actually a really, really exciting time. So I just, I just hope that if you were to interview me again next year, the year after, we will continue to see progress in that regard. And, and while we sort of set that, that piece out of the Women in Work Index around the, the impact that it would have on the Northern Ireland economy, I think the one, the one piece I take away from this is we launched the Women in Work Index and almost immediately I find my inbox being overrun by people from business organizations, from government, from, from private industry contacting me and going, Lynn, really interested in that piece of research, really interested in actually doing something about this because there is definitely a bit of a, a call to action around this. Um, and just using some of, the, some of this research to actually really drive change. So the ability to convene, to get the right people around this, to make small steps would be amazing. And, and if we can get an additional 2.3 billion pounds um, into our local economy, how amazing would that not be? So if you come back to speak to me in two or three years time, I hope that we're in a position where we can say, yeah, well, actually we do have a higher proportion of women in the workplace. And this is the kind of value that it's driving. And this is the change that it's making to how our organizations look and feel. Um, so I, I, I think all of those things combining are just, um, are just as it should be. Um, and, and let's see where we can take it to. Exactly. I think as well, just sort of what you're saying about what this last year has shown us in terms of how we all can work differently. In a way, COVID has, it was difficult for many people because they felt like they weren't in control because they couldn't control the pandemic and the outcomes. But in a way, it's been able to let us know that we can control what we can control are our own career choices and how we want to work. So in a way, yeah, it's definitely a positive to take from that. And I do think that the world of work won't be the same for for good reasons and like you say maybe that will um hopefully in two years time when i do come back to interview Lynn, <laughs> it'll definitely show a, a positive impact in terms of the amount of women coming back to work um thank you so much lynn for your time today the research is so interesting and i'll embed it within i'll embed this podcast within an article that will link people back to the research if they want to read it for themselves sure no problem thank you neve it was a pleasure to talk to you that's it for this week's episode of Tech Crack. For all things tech and business in Northern Ireland, visit syncni.com. Have a good week.